0: Hello and welcome once again to In The Growth Space, where we discover new ways to grow our business, our teams, and ourselves. I'm your host and growth coach, David McLennan, and this episode is going to be a really challenging one for many of you. We often get labeled by what we do for our occupation, and that puts us in a box. It's a trap. Then we start feeling like we have more within us, more than the limitations that we've Put on ourselves with that definition. It keeps us trapped inside our own potential. And today's episode is really about growing in our purpose and significance rather than in our success. It's about growing our mindset from thinking life is binary, that it has to either be this way or that way. But what my guest is going to challenge us with is to switch to a this and that mindset. So, Let me introduce you to who we have on this episode. Mark Benedetti is a certified public accountant with 15 years of auditing, tax, and corporate accounting experience. He's currently the controller for a transportation company leading a team of 10 professionals. He's an active entrepreneur, which includes riding the potential trap, which we'll discuss in this conversation, co-owning a Peace, Love, and Little Donut franchise, and oh my goodness, those are so good, and various rental properties. He is most passionate about seeing people live to their fullest capabilities and helps his wife with a personal finance coaching business to see people live in financial freedom. Mark shares some really practical tips with us on how to escape the potential trap from his brand new book, so let's get into that conversation now. Hey, Mark, great to have you here in the growth space. And uh, I've been looking forward to talking with you and welcome.
1: Thank you, David. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about this conversation because anybody who, who knows me and has been listening to the podcast knows that I love growth and the talking about potential, the potential within people, within teams, within companies. And you wrote a brand new book uh, called The Potential Trap. I'm just curious. What led you to write that book? What drew you to that subject?
1: Yeah, for me, it was a process of identifying that there was something trapping me. And for me, it was a mindset and a way of thinking. I think a lot of times people, myself included, we make decisions earlier on in our lives. I can think back to over the span of a week in college, declaring a major. I'm 37 (laughs) now, many years away from college. (laughs) Seeing how Mm -hmm. that one decision ultimately got me to where I am now, and it's not a bad place where I'm at, but I started challenging myself thinking, what else could I be doing? What what do I have the potential to do? And why Mm -hmm. do I feel this restriction to only do one thing? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people live in that space where they have their professional life, their family life, maybe their spiritual life, friends, different hobbies, Mm -hmm. things they like to do socially. uh, And they compartmentalize all of this into different buckets. And what I was really challenged by was this concept to maximize my potential and seeing that there weren't compartments. It was just all my life. And Mm -hmm. identifying within myself, what am I most gifted to do? What am I most prone mm-hmm. and apt to do? How could I provide the most value to people? And that process of self-discovery, asking some introspective questions, taking time to sit down and thinking about this stuff, mm-hmm. led me to start writing this book. Ultimately, in the book, I asked three questions. i ask these to myself, and I think they're pertinent to any reader, is what are my skills? What am I gifted mm-hmm. at doing? What am I really good at doing? What am I passionate about? Which aren't necessarily our dreams, we can talk about that. And then the key question is, where do my skills intersect with my passions? And that is a place that I think makes each one of us very unique. And unique things innately have a high level of value, things that you don't see all the time. Think about it when you're driving down the road and you might see a Lamborghini or Ferrari. How often our eyes veer to that truly unique vehicle because you don't see them all the time. I think each one of us are unique and each one of us have the potential to provide and create something valuable. And maybe it's not a car, but something that is aligned with our skills and passion.
0: Man, I love that. And it's kind of like you're describing that sweet spot, that intersection of your skills and your passion and your uniqueness, and I, I love mm-hmm. that. I love the analogy too of the Lamborghini or the McLaren that you see on the street. Yeah. and Your eyes are drawn to it because I think when we look at a value-driven leader, a value-driven person, that's what happens. People are attracted to them, and they're they're noticed and they stand out. So, how do you, if if you were to like define the potential trap, what would you, how would you define it, or, or what is it?
1: Yeah. I would say that ultimately it's a mindset which limits your potential Mm -hmm. by trapping you into a life of one thing. Mm -hmm. I'm an accountant. So I'm an accountant by trade. And so in my mind, the potential trap says you can be as successful as an accountant could be. And maybe that's CFO, and that would be very successful, or you start your own accounting firm or something along those lines, but that's it. So stay in your box, stay over here and just do accountant type things. And to yeah. me, the potential trap, it's really a self-imposed trap. It's something that we put ourselves mm. in because we think, man, mm. I-, I couldn't do that. Or I'm too far along in this journey uh, of accountancy yeah. to try to do something new. And we see yeah. these other folks that are you know, maybe more established or set up. And we think, how could I get from where I am here to there? And mm. for me, it's The the first step of escaping it, which I think ultimately is what we should each try to do, is to identify that it's even in existence. Identify that it's there, to identify that, man, this has been how I've been thinking over the past Hmm. number of years. And then I try to give practical insight in the book of okay, what steps can we take? Because I am an accountant, I can't escape that. So too too practical (laughs) for my own good
0: sometimes. Gotta have step by step practicality. I gotcha. Yeah. That's
1: right. Now think about this and identify. What are maybe where could I create value that which is mm. different? One of the concepts I thought about when I was writing the book and knowing that we're both Pittsburgh born and, and bred yeah. by guys, do you remember Cordell Stewart back from the early 90s?
0: Oh, yeah. and of what course, was his yes and was it Slash? It was Slash. Oh, that's what I yeah. thought. Yeah, that's, okay. All right, yeah. no, Slash.
1: Yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot there.
0: No, I, I had to but think it a second. It's been a while ago. That's right.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. and and if you think about the concept of the potential trap that I've created correlates with Cordell Stewart. So his skills were outside of the norm. He was very unique and unique for that day. At that time, players weren't used in that capacity. And so he wasn't just a quarterback. He was a wide receiver, a punt returner kick. You know, he did all these. So he got all these slashes added to his business card as a professional football player. And it's like, why can't I be accountant slash author slash leader?
0: Yeah. Man, I I love that. I love that. I think that's so important because for so long, many leaders and many people have been taught that or have bought into this programming of, I just have to go to work. And and that's it's just business. It's just work. But then when five o'clock rolls around, then i'm okay now i'm dad or now i'm husband and maybe then on the weekend oh you know and then i'm i'm a congregant i'm a worshipper i'm a deacon whatever
1: Yeah. but you teach but, kids but, baseball you yeah. invest in your community whatever it is
0: rather than having this integration and i almost as i'm thinking about what you're what you're sharing it's really what you're sharing is creating this work life integration you're integrating yeah. everything in the the whole idea of integration rather than balance, I, I think is, is what mm. I'm hearing anyway. I don't know. You correct me if, if I'm off, but that sounds like what you're describing.
1: Yeah. It's not so much you're balancing different parts of your life as that yeah. you're integrating them and understanding that my true potential is going to be found in maybe many things, not just one mm. thing over here. And one thing over here, like my, my fulfillment doesn't just come from what I do on the weekends and my work is just something I do to pay the bills. It's something that I should be trying to fulfill my potential, create maximum value to the world around me through my job, through my family. And I wrote this book and I feel like people are going to fall into one of three different camps when they read it. There's going to be people maybe like yourself that are doing something that you seem very passionate about, skilled to do. You're creating value. And so it's going to affirm and confirm, okay, this is right. I'm on the right track. I am not being held back by my potential being trapped. And then the second group of people would be people maybe like myself, where it may be illuminated through your own introspection and self-inventory that there's something that should be additive to my life. Like I haven't quit my day job. I have no plans to, but (laughs) I decided to do this thing because I determined that I do have a skill of creating content. And I do have a skill of communication, both verbal and written. And people always tell me that people easily relate to me. And so I can connect well with people. And that's a skill that I possess. And so I'm passionate about leadership and self-development and seeing other people excel in life and, and find success and create value. And so I thought, how could I do this? And I actually thought maybe I'll start a podcast and that's yeah, a popular sure. thing. And I thought, no, oh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. And I started journaling one day, oh, yeah. uh, one afternoon, and I sat down on a keyboard and about four hours later, I had the introduction and I didn't know it was the introduction at the time, but I'd written the introduction <laughs> to this book. That's and my cool. wife came home, she was out running errands. What is this? And I said, I don't know. And she says, Mark, I think <laughs> this is a book. And at that moment, a slash was added. And that's um, when I consider that I was locked into my authorship. Yeah, which is taking, and so that's something that's been additive to my life. And there might be some yeah. folks that read it and think, maybe I do need a wholesale change. Maybe I you've identified something that would drastically change your life. And I also mm-hmm. talk and give very clear instruction of, you better take those things seriously. If you're going to change your yeah. life, you better do your research. You better take it slow and step by step and make sure things line up and make sure that you're working towards creating value
0: yeah yeah absolutely i was just thinking as you were describing kind of those three lenses of of how people might you know read this book i could probably used this book about six years ago because as i made changes to my life i i was a i was held back because early in my life i made a choice to join my family business. My grandfather and my father were both in the insurance industry and they both were insurance uh, salespeople and owned agencies and were really good at what they did. And so I was actually a partner with my dad for about 20 years and we built an agency, we sold it. and, And I was in my mind defined by being in the insurance industry, being an insurance person. And yet about seven years ago, I knew that there was something in me that was like, just not yet birthed, but I knew there was something, there was potential within me. And so I began this journey of getting that released or at least exploring that. And so I'm curious, like, how did you almost release yourself from that potential tramp? If you're communicating that one of our listeners is is thinking, I think there's more in here too. I think maybe it's not a wholesale change, but maybe it's additive, maybe it's any one of those three lenses. But what would you say to them? Like, how would you? advise them to explore that potential trap and getting out of it
1: yeah i think that the most important thing is movement towards something and just movement forward and i think a lot of times people you have this idea or this concept and that stagnation is what kills and prevents people from progressing forward so just start moving Mm -hmm. and also i identify that if i move towards something And I feel like that just doesn't feel right on my research or this doesn't seem like the right time. Maybe it's for a future time. But a decision to not proceed after careful thought and consideration isn't stagnation. That's still movement. I found something out when I was researching for this book, and I think it is a wonderful analogy and something that we could each learn. And I talk about it in the Mm. conclusion is the climbing of Mount Everest. Yeah. And it's really interesting when you learn about it because it's extremely right. expensive, tens yeah. of thousands of dollars to do this. You have to be in a tremendous physical shape just to get there. So that's like right. the entry point. So when you get to the base camp of Mount Everest, my own naive thinking, and probably many listeners were thinking you climb. I knew you just didn't right. climb straight up as fast as you could because the altitude changed, but I figured you climbed and then you waited and then you climbed and then you waited and then you, And you went through a series of those camps escalating up the mountain. What happens actually is that you start at a base camp and then you go to Mm -hmm. camp one. You spend a few days there and then you go back down the mountain (gasps) to the base camp. Then you go from base camp to camp one, then to camp two, and then back all the way down to the (gasps) starting point. And you go up to camp three, back to the starting point, and then camp four. And when you get to camp four, that's when you finally try to make it to the summit. I was thinking Mm. how, if you view progress as only a change in altitude going up, like every step down Mm. the mountain is a loss, then you're missing the point of the process. Like the process is going to have some time where you're seeming like you're headed with your back Mm. to the peak and you're headed Mm -hmm. down the mountain. But that's still one step closer in totality of the whole oh, process. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we have to understand that with our journeys and with what we're trying to do. Like, it's not yeah. always easy, not always, okay, one step in front of the other and I hit a roadblock, right. so I quit. Now you figure out yeah. a way around it. You start Googling <laughs> right. some stuff up yeah. and you identify that there that stuff actually makes you a whole lot better and stronger yeah. and more able. And the whole point of them doing that isn't to get their money's worth out of the yeah. climbers. It's for their safety and their protection and their mm. well being. And I think sometimes we encounter things that are difficult. And in hindsight, we can look back and say, that was for my benefit. Like I'm so much yeah. better now, whether I learned something, developed an inner yes. strength and a characteristic, a personality yeah. strength that if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have now. And now I'm maximizing on that. So I think not hesitating. And then when you encounter something, not becoming so distraught, because it's hard to say what you would encounter versus Mm -hmm. me or a colleague of mine. Everybody's going to be a little bit different, but we will encounter times that we face challenges. And what is our, you've heard of maybe the adversity quotient, what's your age? And what's your mental fortitude to addressing it?
0: And yeah, past? no no doubt about it. Man, you're at, with that analogy of Mount Everest, and this is like nowhere close to Mount Everest, but I took my brother, I took my son on a mountain climbing trip. And I was with some of my friends mm. who we typically go on these kind of these guy trips where there's adrenaline and uh, some would say some stupidity involved, but, but we climbed a mountain. We climbed a 14er in Colorado. And I just, as you were talking about that ascension and then descent and then back up. And it reminded me of that because as we were making it to that first level, so to speak, that the kind of the shoulder of the mountain, we had to go up the mountain, but it was a back and forth, a switchback kind of a path. And and I got to tell you, I I kept thinking to myself, when are we going to get there? But it took literally like five hours to get from our base camp to the top of the mountain, because we had to do some scrambling and so forth. And, And I think that analogy of the switchbacks, and then eventually we got into a, a scrambling place where we were like scrambling over rocks. We were bouldering and, and getting to the summit. And I think that it wasn't a straight line. And I think that so oftentimes we think that we, we, we have a dream or we have this vision of our growth path and we think it's linear. We think it's straight there. And man, I got to say, it's not. And obviously it's not. And it's a lot like even another analogy is sailing. If I want to go from point A to point B, oftentimes I have to tack, meaning I have to go from point A to A1 and then back across. And it's not a straight line. And so I really love that you brought that analogy up, Mark, because I think that's so important.
1: Yeah. And it really hit home with me, even just in the writing process. I thought, I'll write this book. And then now what? Yeah. I started researching, tried to work with publishers, and that was an adventure in and of itself. Uh-huh. Then started researching, how do I self-publish and working uh-huh. with Amazon and all that. And so, you know, that's just an illustration and an example uh-huh. of what other people might go through as they are ascending to their uh-huh. maximum potential, how they could create and provide and distribute what is uh-huh. their value value. the world and Um, i think ultimately that's what we should be focused on and even as leaders having written it and leading a team at my office thinking seeing value in other people and understanding that they also are dealing with their own potential traps and how can i help them maximize their potential in their life beyond just the work walls the nine to five and seeing people truly succeed yeah. and live in that more of a freeing space.
0: Yeah. And I I think that there's something to that as well as a leader yourself in your office and in, in your organization, being able to be the one who helps to look at The people who are there in your leading, the people that you're leading, and freeing or helping them at least free from that, or at least have a vision that they can be free from that. How do you do that? Like, how have you implemented that, or how have you helped your team begin to escape that potential trap?
1: Yeah, I think it just starts with asking them simple questions. Ask Uh, them questions. What do you want to do? what do you want to do with this company? What would you like to do five years from now? And then sometimes encourage people like, man, I think you could do this. And sometimes Mm -hmm. people don't see it in them. We can see because maybe we've gone to a higher level or we're at a place of leadership that Mm -hmm. I think you could do this and I want to help you get you there. And some of those conversations, which aren't check the box, getting work done, it actually adds to your work day or some of the most Mm -hmm. fulfilling moments that I've had as a leader of, helping people understand that there is more, that they can do more. It requires something there. It requires an investment into themselves that they have. I'm willing to make the investment. Are you willing to make the investment? Because I could be willing to invest in you all day long, but if you don't want to make the investment in yourself, then that's just a waste of time. But Mm -hmm. identifying that there is a goal and that they can do it. And then, okay, let's start a process. Maybe it's a year from now maybe it's 2 years from now but let's start today and figure out how do you, how do I get you from here to there yeah. and, and what would your life be like is that somewhere you want to go and some yeah. of those conversations are so rewarding they make all that time so worth it with others
0: yeah and i think it takes leaders like you and and, and others that i know who are willing to make those what our buddy jeff hancher would call deposits yeah. those deposits into the people that we're leading and helping them to see what they don't yet see, because there is, you're so right, so so many times we, even as leaders, we have people outside of us who can see our own potential. We think that we're leading our team, but we also have potential beyond ourselves as well. And so we all need people outside of ourselves to be able to help us to see that and really to escape that potential trap and really to believe in us when Potentially, we don't maybe see it yet, and also are willing to actually do the hard work of getting outside of our comfort zone.
1: Yeah. And I talk about that in the book of who do you have around you? Who's on your team? Who's on Team David? Who's on Team Mark? And and these people, they should be carefully selected, Mm -hmm. that they should have the authority. And I give them the authority to speak into my life very honestly, but they're also prone to be positive. They're prone to be cheerleaders. They're prone to be. Encouraging, discouraging people are a dime a dozen. And I don't want to be around people that like, oh, you're fine, just stay where you're at. It's encouraging <laughs> to be around people that challenge me as a husband, yeah. father, accountant, author in all of those different like compartments that are so integrated to yeah. identify like, Mark, where are you going with this? You've been working on that, you've been thinking about this, that, and also people that what I see what they're doing, it inspires me. be better and so you're absolutely right it is so vital to have those people in your life to seek them out to even ask somebody hey would you help me in this could we have this friendship you know a mentorship yeah and i'm gonna give you kind of permission in my life to to challenge me to to pull that greatness out of me so you're absolutely Mm -hmm. 100 right with that the people that we surround ourselves heard it said that you are the accumulation of the five closest relationships to your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So true. I'm sure you've
1: heard uh, that same sentiment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a Jim Rohn quote, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I totally believe that. And I think it's one of the reasons why I am such a firm believer in the idea of the mastermind, the, the idea of that inner circle. And it's quite frankly, one of the reasons why I created the Emerging Leader Inner Circle. And so let me just talk to the leaders out there right now who are listening. And you may be a part of the Emerging Leader Inner Circle, you may not, you may be a senior leader. But I think what Mark is talking about right here is so crucial to each one of our potentials. And what each one of our growth path is to surround ourselves with people who can help us see what we don't yet see and see beyond where we're at so that we can make it up to the summit and and really unleash that potential within us. I love that you cover that in the book, Mark. That's so important.
1: Yeah. You need those people that are going to insulate you, that you can surround yourselves with. And it doesn't mean that I'm impervious. To the outside, no, but no. I'm insulated by some people that when something does happen, I can bounce yep. something off of them and yeah, I can sure. talk to them and have an honest conversation with them. And it has been one of the greatest things over the last couple of years. I started this book two and a half years ago, so it speaks to the yeah. length of time that it took me to develop it, get it published, figure all that out. But there's been a handful of people along the way that have just been encouraging and being supportive. And that's Mm -hmm. not to say that I ended relationships with all these people that maybe wouldn't have been that way, but those were the people that I was asking questions about. and, And what do you think I should do here? And ultimately those leaders in my life that were, That saw something in me, even at times when I didn't see it in myself. I talk about in the book, three things that we have to each overcome personally, if we want to maximize our potential and they're fear, insecurity and hesitation, hesitation being procrastination or just a, a resistance to moving forward. When you have people in your life, when you encounter fear, because there's some real fear to writing a book that's out there for the world. You're open to criticism. You know, Everybody has a voice these days, and I can hear everybody. Maybe not here, but I can read everybody's voices and opinions, and people have much stronger thumbs than what they should. Maybe they would never say to you, but, but that's a real fear. And so having people in my life that can help speak to that fear and I say, fear shouldn't ever be something that holds us back. When you exactly. encounter fear, often what's on the other side of fear or a fearful situation is something really good, and that's why mm-hmm. it feels like your entire being is being resisted because yep. there's something really good for you on the other side of it. Insecurity, mm-hmm. even of what will people think of me, how will people read this, how to overcome that insecurity. What, <laughs> who's going to read a book by an accountant? And I started just, and I, what I identified was the best way to handle insecurity, which just answer the question, like, who, who's going to read this book? My wife, my dad, yeah. Jeff Hancher, a handful of other people, I could at least sell 10 copies them for, <laughs> for sure, and, no doubt you know, about it. And then it's, it, it doesn't seem so bad when you start to answer the questions. What if people don't like it? Most people don't like a lot of awesome things in life. So like That's why right. should that intimidate me? And then hesitation, that feeling of I'm going to have to learn something I don't know, I'm going to have to invest into learning Amazon, learning Microsoft Word. And that might be hard for people to, to go through that. Or even procrastination, which is trading something good now mm. for something even better tomorrow. Yeah. Like instead of writing and typing and learning all this now, I could binge watch something. And that might feel better now, but that's not going to do anything for me tomorrow. Yeah, and then identifying problem, yeah. how to really see my actions today are an investment in my tomorrow. and mm-hmm. I want to reap the benefits of a good investment tomorrow by my right actions today
0: that's powerful mark that's so good yeah I want to go back to something that you said just a few moments ago that I think is really important that I think a lot of leaders who want to grow who want to build something whether it's a mm-hmm. company whether it's a team you said that this took you like two and a half years that's probably about the time that you and I met we met at a mm-hmm. leadership event with you and Jeff Hancher. And I think so often in this world of instantaneous everything, two-day Amazon delivery, one-day Amazon delivery, one-hour, we're getting so caught up in the immediate and we're not allowing the just the simmering and the coming together of the ideas, the process. And I think that I I just don't want people listening to this conversation to miss that because there's really some beauty in allowing time to really create the ideas that you're bringing out in this book. And I guess, talk a little bit about that process for a moment. How did that feel as you were going through it? And looking back now, what were some of the things that you learned?
1: It took two and a half years from when I started having these feelings and I typed the first words out on my laptop till the moment when I hit the publish button on Amazon. And what I tried to do was stay singularly focused Mm -hmm. on what I was that kind of short-term goal. And so when I was writing content, people would say, how are you going to publish it? And I said, I'm not in publishing mode. I'm in, I'm trying to create content. I'm not going to get overwhelmed by all of the different facets of this new thing I'm doing. I'm Mm -hmm. just gonna try to create the best content that I can at the moment. Mm -hmm. And then when I was near completion of that, okay, let me find out how to publish this. Let me find out how to get it edited because my English skills, from high school and college work.
0: (laughs) It's amazing how an editor will make you feel like a a fourth grader, right? (laughs) Yeah. So let me find out about that. And people
1: were saying, how are you going to sell it? How are you going to advertise it? I'm in editing mode and publishing mode. And then as I got towards the end of that, okay, now let me figure (laughs) this next part out. And I think going back to the Everest analogy, if you stand at base camp and think I need to get all the way up there real quick, it becomes too overwhelming. Absolutely. You can't do it. Yeah. But if I could just get to base camp one,
0: yep.
1: I can do that. Yeah. If I could just finish this chapter and have it the best I can make it, I can do that. And so stay singularly focused. Maybe it's going back to college, getting a degree, getting an, an additional degree. Okay. Don't think about, I need so many credits. You just need to do the next class. And man, the, that final was 24 weeks. I just need to do the next yes. like lesson. Right. Sometimes, yeah, we need to have a vision. We need to have yeah. goals that are bigger than ourselves. But if that's all you're looking at, yeah. then you can get tripped up on the distance between where you are all the way in the future and, and right now
0: yeah yeah that's so powerful mark i want to be respectful of your time here today let's tell people where they can go get the book because i think this is an important an important idea and i think what you've written is really so powerful for all leaders and for all people who who want to grow and really want to escape this potential trap
1: yeah i appreciate that and i'm already seeing some success and some great feedback people in their 20s people that are right out of high school i know a yeah. young man is reading it and he said it's reevaluating some of the next steps that he's going to take. There's a group that I know that are all in their twenties and in that transitional stage of life and trying to figure things out. I also don't think that there's any age that's too old. Father who's in his sixties has read it and there's might be some things that he changes and does in his retirement to feel fulfilled. And- to maximize his potential at his age. And so you can go into amazon.com, just search Mark Benedetti, or you can search the potential trap and yeah. hopefully it comes right to the top. At least it does for me. Oh, uh, this yeah. bright red cover.
0: I love wow. it. Yes, yes. Awesome. For those of you who are just listening, I will also put this in the show notes so that you've got a link to it and uh, you'll uh, be able to see the cover of his book as well. Yeah, sorry, Mark. I didn't want to miss No, I was just going to say, that.
1: and then all my personal social media accounts, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram are all just Mark Benedetti. You can find me on there, and I have links in my bios of each one of those, of uh, the Excellent. Amazon link directly. Paperback and Kindle e reader, it's all available <laughs> out there, and I would love to get feedback and the comments and the DMs, so absolutely. And I
0: would just encourage um, listeners, so if you've listened today and you've got something from this, why don't you reach out to both of us and either on my Instagram, on Mark's Instagram, tag both of us. Just let us know that you've listened and and what you got from today. What was one thing that you're going to take away from this conversation today? Because there were many. I I was just sitting here thinking about how many things that I am taking from what Mark has shared sharing today. Just, I would love to hear that because feedback, oftentimes podcasting is just a one-way street and I love yeah. hearing the feedback. So feed it back to us if you're listening yeah. and we would really enjoy that and love that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Any last words, Mark, anything that you would share that would just help to create a, kind of a bow around this episode?
1: Yeah, I think that for me, it's an identification that even successes or culture or society might label it shouldn't be something that satisfies us. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it goes so much deeper than just wealth creation, trying to have a side hustle. Mm -hmm. To me, it's not a side hustle as the main thing. I believe that we are all created with this extraordinary amount of potential and purpose. Mm -hmm. And I truly want to see not only myself and you, but to all the listeners, anybody that might pick up a copy, each person maximize what they were Born and gifted and skilled and passionate to do. And it's not an easy process. It's not a short process sometimes, but it's a process that's worth taking. And it's worth the time to self identify how did I get where I am? And ultimately, talk about this people, this group of people from centuries ago that they left a land and they had no vision. They didn't know where they were going and they went nowhere. And it was until a leader came in to that group and said, there might be some challenges where we're headed. There might be some battles we might have to fight, but it's worth it for us to stop just traveling and going nowhere and being the same place 20 years from now that I am today. It's worth the effort and it's worth overcoming some fear and insecurity and ultimately led that people into." Something that was amazing that they could have only dreamt of for themselves. And I think that's a type and an analogy of what beholds each one of us if we're willing to do it. And if we're willing to ask those questions, take that time and to really begin to think about Am I being trapped? Is my potential being fulfilled? And if it is being trapped, if you're not being fulfilled, start today. And hopefully my book helps and hopefully you can learn as I've learned, asking these simple questions, but taking time, thoughtful time to discover how you can best fulfill and create value for this
0: world. Mark, that is beautiful. I love that. And I can't even add anything to that. So thank you so much for adding so much value to us today and to me personally, because this conversation has been really enriching and I know that our listeners are going to love it as well. Thanks for coming on. Listeners, make sure you go listen to this again if you need to and definitely go buy the book, go buy The Potential Trap by Mark Benedetti. And uh, I know it's going to be an enrichment for you and hopefully keep you from wandering around for 40 years. Yeah, thank you so much much. It's been an
1: honor to be on your show and on the podcast. I
0: truly appreciate it. My pleasure, Mark. This was such a great topic and conversation with Mark Benedetti today. How are you being trapped in your own potential? You know, our challenge as a leader is to build others and helping them to get out of their status quo, along with getting out of our own status quo. And sometimes we see what others don't see yet. And the operative word is yet. So who's on your team? Who's on your inner circle who can help you get free of what is trapping you? It takes a tribe to overcome the three things that Mark shared that keeps us trapped. And those were fear, insecurity, and hesitation. You know, our inner circle can help us face the terror barrier when we get outside of our comfort zones, doing those new things to add value to the world, and it gives us the support we need to overcome the insecurity that we feel. And that inner circle will also help us to avoid hesitating through an accountability effect. Now, I hope that you got as much from this conversation as I did. And I want to encourage you to keep putting these principles into practice each week. Because remember, growth doesn't happen in a day, but it does happen daily with each small daily action. Thanks so much for listening in again. And I really do appreciate getting feedback on these episodes. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any of these episodes. And if this or others have brought someone to mind, please go ahead and hit the share button on your podcast app and share it with them. When you do, that will help others grow and really shares the message of growth. I'll appreciate it because we're on a mission to help 1,000 companies grow and transform by 2031 because we believe that everyone deserves to have a place where they can maximize their potential and significance in this world. So until next time, stay in that growth space and be well.